Welcome to Play by Players, an MLSPA podcast. This show is brought to you by the players and is all about the players, both past and present, who have plied their trade in MLS. You'll hear about each player's journey into the game, their careers and life after the game, on the field and off. It's all on the table. Now here's your host, former MLS player, Bobby Boswell. Welcome to the podcast. We are joined by one of the, the young studs of MLS. Uh, he's got quite the personality on the field. He's got a, a great personality off the field. I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Chris Mueller. Thanks for having me on, man. Thanks for having me. On, and I uh, appreciate the warm welcome. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I mean, uh, let's talk about you. I mean, are you, uh, are you in pretty good spirits? I'm imagining the answer is yes right now. Yeah, I'm as good as I can possibly be. You know, I'm uh, just preparing, obviously, for this first playoff game and taking things day by day. It's kind of we've had a, a while since the last game. Now we're uh, kind of transitioning into our, our week where we're going to kick things off and, and get things going. But, yeah, I'm enjoying life. I'm uh, I'm feeling really good. What's the uh, what's the vibe there in Orlando? I mean, uh, this is this has kind of been, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't follow a whole lot of guys because there's been a lot of turnover. Um, but. I know since you've been there, this has kind of been the one of the one of the initial goals, right? Is is uh, to get to this point. Um, you know, what's the mood of the guys like, and, and and how are you holding up in terms of? Are you excited? Are you nervous? A little bit of both. I would say I'm more excited than anything else, right? I think that this is a, a fantastic opportunity that we have. That's that's kind of approaching here uh, quicker than than we expect. But um, no, the spirits are great, honestly, with all of the guys as well. I think that. Um, making the playoffs has been something that Orlando has been longing to do. And, and it's been on our goal list ever since I've been here. So to accomplish that goal has been great. We've definitely had, uh, you know, good feelings about it in the locker room, having accomplished that goal. Uh, but we've kind of closed that chapter now and we're kind of focused on, you know, the next goal, which is obviously bringing us uh, a trophy back to the city. I think that that's uh, our long-term goal. And I think that that's something that we can surely accomplish if we just focus in and, and find ways to continue to stay motivated as we keep pushing through this playoff run. Well, yeah, I know a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, the analysts that a lot of people like to give a hard time are, are uh, they're picking you guys, you know, as, as their, as their, their horse to win it. So um you know, I don't I don't think many people are going to bet against you, especially early on. So, um, you know, good luck to you when that when that comes around. I always like to throw it back to the beginning. Um, I, I like to talk about you growing up and, and, you know, let's talk about where you're from. You're, you're an Illinois kid um, from the, the burbs of, of Chicago. Um, how, how far are you? How far were you from Bridgeview growing up? About an hour, I would say, just because of that Chicago traffic. You know, it might not be actually that far, but um, no, Bridgeview was about an hour, I would say, from from where I lived. Okay, and did you did you follow MLS as a kid, or did you you know did you go to games, or or were you just kind of doing your own thing? I had gone to a couple of games back when, like, Watemo Blanco was the big player for the Fire, and I remember having gone to a couple games back then. Uh, but honestly, I didn't follow it too much. Obviously, I played for the soccer. Like you said, I grew up in Schaumburg, Illinois, which is a suburb outside of the city and uh, played for a club out there and close to where I lived and um, enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, stayed there ever since I had converted from, you know, that kind of travel uh, soccer experience into something a little bit more serious when I knew that that was the path that I wanted to follow. So I uh, stuck with them, stuck it out. And, and yeah, it was uh, a great experience. I'm really I'm really thankful for it. All right. Well, I know you're a, you're a big family guy on your, you know, your Instagram. I always see you got stuff with you, with your brothers and uh, 
you know, tell me, tell me a little bit about growing up. I'm, I'm the youngest of four boys. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in uh, guys that had brothers are, are a little bit, a little bit rougher around the edges just by nature. Um, you know, tell me about uh, the theme with, with you from what I've, what I've seen as a, as a player and then following you off the field as a person. Uh, I think there's this competitive edge that you have. Um, and, and, you know, I'm kind of looking for where did we get this competitive edge um, and is it, would you say it started with your, with your family and your brothers? It might've honestly, um, I'm not so sure. I know that growing up me and my older brother, uh, since we're closer in age, I'm the middle of three, uh, just so you know, but, um, me and my older brother had kind of jumped around sports when we were younger. I had tried everything. I played basketball. I played baseball. Uh, I got, I did wrestling for a while, uh, which I thought was a lot of fun as well. Um, but yeah, I think that when you have those three brothers at home, you guys are constantly playing games. You know, me and my little brother used to play what we would call like mini soccer in the in our little playroom that we had in the house. And, uh, you know, if you're competing in the backyard, uh, playing games with the neighbors, we're just constantly playing and constantly competing. And I was I don't know what formed in my personality, but I was someone who always wanted to win it win and really, really did not enjoy losing. I've been the biggest sore loser since I was a little kid. Uh, I remember when I was like in wrestling and stuff, if I had lost a match, I had just started as well. I wrestled some kid who had wrestled for like eight years and was like just one of the best kids in the conference. I remember in middle school and I had lost him in my first match and I was, I would cry and I would throw my headgear and I would just be so mad because I just didn't want to lose. And my dad was like, dude, it's fine. You know, like you're just starting, you know, and just for me, I, I that that's just how I am and everything, you know, if it's board games, if it's, Whatever it is, I, I always want to win. You know, I'm not uh, one to, that does well with losing. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I agree with that. And, and uh, you know, I played for uh, some old Dynamo teams that we, we didn't say that we were uh, we were winners. We were just guys that hated losing, meaning we expected to win. So when people would say, oh, y'all were so humble in victory. And we said, we weren't humble. We expected to win. And they said, y'all were terrible losers. And I'd say, it wasn't that I'm a terrible loser. I just didn't expect to lose. And yeah. I don't know how that feels. And that's why I would act the way I'd act when I lose. But uh, it sounds like you had a little bit of that growing up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I would say that that uh, anyone who, who knows me really well would say that competitiveness definitely encompasses my personality. <laughs> Well, let me ask you this. I know I, I want to talk about not playing soccer in high school, but that's a little bit uh, a couple questions away. Did you wrestle to high school or did you quit everything uh, in high school as you got that way to focus mainly on soccer? I wrestled from uh, in fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth grade all the way up until high school when it kind of got more serious. What what I actually the whole reason of me getting into wrestling was to get fit for football <laughs> or football, meaning soccer like um it was unbelievable training. I would go from soccer right to the wrestling room and just, you know, you know, how I don't know if you've ever been in one, but they're hot and they're sweaty and you got the mats and the trainings are ridiculous because the matches are so hard, you know, in a 90 minute game back in the day was nothing for me compared to a, you know, what was it like a three minute, six minute wrestling match. It was, it was really good for me. I thought, and that was the whole reason why I did it, but I also loved it too, because it was like, like we've been talking about just that, like one-on-one -on -one competing, fighting, uh, a, a sport that's full of heart and toughness. So, um, yeah, I did that. Uh, that was like the second one I did the longest up until soccer. And then when high school came, I obviously just um, elected to take the academy route and played for the soccer's all throughout uh, those years. 
you uh, you mix it up with the guys ever or no? You, you goof off with the guys and wrestle around or no? <laughs> I might have gotten into a couple of scruffles, but <laughs> scruffles, but it wasn't uh wasn't anything intentional, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I, I wrestled a little bit uh, more for as a hobby, and then I'm a big fan of martial arts and uh, UFC. And uh, we had a guy in D.C. named Jamil Walker, and he went to the uh, the Air Force Academy, and he was one of their wrestlers. And uh, I would always attack him, and he would always choke me out, and, and I yeah. probably outweighed him by a hundred pounds. But um, <laughs> he always had he always got me. So uh, I'm a big fan of wrestlers in general. I, I have so much respect for anyone that can uh, that can put their body through what you what you did I guess growing up uh, yeah. you know but like you said it's all about getting ready for uh, for soccer using that as a, a cross training method so uh, let's fast forward you you mentioned the the Chicago soccer um, you know at what point you know did you realize you know that you were you're going to focus solely on soccer and not anything else. I mean, did they force your hand in that decision in terms of uh, the way that soccer works in this country? Um, like, is it, is it not playing high school soccer? Yeah. I want to, for me, high school soccer was massive and my team sucked. I think we won like no games when I was there, but it was all for me, the social aspect of it was awesome. And that, you know, it was like, how do, how do your friends and girls you like know that you're an athletic guy? Um, you know, I guess why yeah, I don't like that. They don't, they don't encourage kids to play soccer now in high school because they're saying it's going to ruin their, their abilities or their chances of making it to the next level. Yeah. Well, I had always heard, you know, kind of the same similar stories that, and I, and I was told also that I was going to get better training, which I thought that I did at the soccer's uh, through their top talent program, which it was at the, at that time, even though a lot of the guys went back and opted to play high school, I had always just sticking with the club. And like you're saying, it was kind of weird because I would, I would be in school known kind of as this soccer guy, but also nobody really knew me. So they would always compare me to, you know, the best guy on the high school team there, you know, are you as good as Alan, you know, like this guy, you know, and I'm like, I don't know, you know, <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the the top talent program as well. I think that I was able to build some really uh, special relationships with kids that I'm still uh, talking to to this day with some coaches that I still keep in t contact with. So um, I think that it was obviously looking back, I think it all worked out. Yeah, obviously it worked out, um, you know, and I, that's, that's my thing. I don't like to use guys that made it as the example, right? Because uh, for me, it's more about for every, I don't know what the number is, 100 guys that join the soccers, you know, 99 of them don't make it and you do. Uh, and then they say, well, it worked for Chris, but it's like Chris was going to make it whether he played high school yeah. soccer or he wrestled in high school while playing. So, you know what I mean? It's just kind of one of those. Uh, it's it's not a fair litmus test, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree. All right. Well, then we uh, we fast forward. So you don't play high school, but you end up getting uh you know, you end up deciding to go to school at, at uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison. And, uh, you, you know, something that shocked me is that you said you went there for its uh, its educational side, whereas a lot of people I know went there more for uh, the drinking side of, of, the, of, the, of the school. Yeah, I mean, uh, I wasn't, so to say, like a huge partier in high school, you know. Uh, obviously, I, I think I experimented a little bit going into college, like everyone does, you have to, you have to learn that way you get out, you have no, no rules, you know, you're kind of learning how to be a man and hold your own. So I think that for that reason, it was great. It was obviously I had a, a fabulous co uh, college experience, uh, taught me how to deal with distraction, I would say definitely in my last two years of college, because like you said, uh, Wisconsin is a huge party school. Um, 
outside of the academics, which are great, and the athletics, which are great. Um, also, it kind of came to a point when I was in high school where uh, it was kind of between two schools, Loyola, Chicago, and Wisconsin. That was Those were the two schools that I had uh, offers from to go and play for. It wasn't, uh, I wasn't like super highly recruited. Um, but the, yeah, it also came down to obviously some financial stuff and some scholarship help that uh, Wisconsin was able to offer. Um, and yeah, it, it ended up like, like I said about the high school thing, it ended up working out. I had, uh, a, an amazing four year experience at Wisconsin playing all four years. I think I grew so much, especially having, you know, started from being on a team that wasn't so good and, you know, kind of the bottom feeders of the big 10 and went our way to, to winning a championship when I left. So, um, it, I, I think I got every aspect of growth in, in that entire experience off the field, maturing as a, as a person, but also growing on the field as a player. Okay. And, you know, like you mentioned, you were there four years and, um, you know, you, you kind of hint at some stuff and, and, you know, when I, when I get ready for, for this interview, um, we kind of have a similar story and, and mine was, I think you had a, a little bit of a, a tough time, uh, your sophomore year. I think mine was kind of sophomore junior year where I was getting a lot of fights with my teammates. I was getting a lot of fights outside of the program. I, I think I led the nation in cards, my sophomore to junior year or something where I basically like they're like if you get one more card at all I think I was going to be suspended for the year and oh wow. um you know it was a tough time and, and I had to, my coach wanted me to go to anger management um you know and and I really think it you know I wanted to transfer I was like I'm done I'm, I'm out of here I blamed you know the school but um I find that I became a better person and I, I was, I was a lot more able, you know, I became a, a guy that was able to control his emotions a lot better, you know, through that transition. And I just, I, I'd like, if you, if you're okay talking about it, I'd like you to talk a little bit about um, your, your own battle with, with, you know, kind of becoming a man is the way I, I describe it um, when you were at Wisconsin. No. Yeah. I think that all in all, I was just kind of stuck pointing fingers Right. I didn't want to take a lot of the blame for having not played maybe as many minutes or as many games and not as having scored any goals my freshman year and, you know, not living up to my own expectations of myself. Those first two years, I was trying to point the blame, trying to transfer out and maybe go to a little bit of a smaller school where I knew I would play and things would be easier for me. But ultimately, I, I knew that that wasn't the that was obviously the path of least resistance, the one where I maybe wouldn't have grown as much. And, and to fight through that adversity, it was a lot. I, I was having trouble you know, buying into my coach's system. I thought that the guys were distracted. I didn't think that, you know, we were in a winning culture. I didn't think that we were bound to win anything. And having had two years there where we were, you know, eighth and ninth out of nine teams in, in the Big Ten, uh, it's hard to be optimistic in those following years. But obviously, uh, when I was transitioning into that junior year, where I knew that I would have a little bit more of a leadership role, because I was older, I knew that if I could lead by example, and and kind of take things by the horns and, and be the be the determining factor of like what my destiny was going to turn out to be. I knew that those years were also vitally important. I kind of had to take a hard look in the mirror and say, okay, well, the dream that I've had since I was a little kid and becoming a professional soccer player isn't looking so grand right now. I'm on a team that obviously hasn't won anything. I haven't had good stats. And I'm going into my junior year. So unless I really turn it up and really get focused and, and hone in on it, I always knew that like I, I felt like I had the ability, but maybe my mentality wasn't as strong as, as it should have been, you know? So um, it actually came through reading a book, which I'm sure that you know that I'm, I'm huge into. And it really gave me a new perception and a new 
paradigm as to how I can approach my football and my sporting mentality. So, and, and from there, obviously, I just had seen results start to pour in my junior year. Obviously, we turned things around. Uh, we were one of the best teams in the Big Ten, went to the Big Ten Championship. Unfortunately, didn't make the NCAA tournament, uh, which I still don't understand why to this day, but it's okay. <laughs> but then, yeah, with, with a continued hard work in the offseason and limiting my distraction, really, really focusing in on what I was trying to do, I had another even better senior year and not getting, you know, I wasn't super content with what I had gotten, uh, you know, the, the, the previous year. And yeah, I think that from there, that just like has stemmed my belief and, and brought me kind of to who I am today and how I've continued to, to persevere uh, throughout every year of my career. Well, uh, you know, you said a lot there for those listening that are curious, the book is mine, Jim, but we're going to get into, uh, we're going to get into the books uh, a little bit later and, and uh, Chris's book club. Um, you know, let's talk about your, you talk about your junior and your senior year, turning it around, becoming more of a leader. I believe you were uh, second team all American and, uh, you're big 10 offensive player of the year. The, the crazy thing is, you know, now you're, you're leading scorer for your team in MLS. Um, but in college, you were more of a setup guy and, and I'm a big numbers person. I, I, I always look at numbers and stats and, uh, you know, if my math was correct, which it usually is, is you, uh, you know, you led the nation in assists, I think your senior year, but if you look at your numbers, you had an assist in every other game that you played in, in college. So I know you talk about, you know, maybe you didn't have the stats and what you wanted early on, but you know, from a, a big, big book of work, um, you know, you, you had an assist in every other game and that's, that's got to say something about, you know, how hard you were working on, on it and off the field in terms of, uh, getting ready and then helping your teammates score goals. Yeah, for sure. I also think that my role is a little bit different here. Um, I think that one of the main things in college that I, I kind of honed in on and that we were really good at was set pieces. And I had taken all the set pieces. Um, we practiced a lot on those and I got a lot of assists off those. And I also, the system we played was a little bit different as well. We played a four, four, two, um, a little bit more direct in that sense. We weren't really building out of the back that much. We, I was the false nine and played underneath one of our bigger strikers, Tom Barlow, who now plays for New York Red Bulls. Yep, yep. And uh, he's really good at making movements off the ball. And really what we would do was play the ball long. I would pick up seconds, dribble a bunch of guys, and then just feed him or and, and feed other guys on set pieces. That was, I would say, the, the cream of the crop in, in that sense, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, looking if you look at my whole college career and having – I didn't know it, that was a number, actually, having an assist every other game – the majority of obviously of those came my senior year having like 20 assists or something like that. I think it was 20, but, um, I think it was more than that, but we, I don't, I don't like throwing out whole numbers. Yeah. So I'm not exactly sure. It was like but, 23 or something, something yeah, crazy. Yeah. But my, my, I, I remember too, my coach had brought me in, uh, after my sophomore year and we had a conversation about, you know, moving forward. He, he had always seen me kind of when I was on the field and, and in my younger years being someone who, when I nutmeg somebody, I would relish that and be super pumped and think that I'm, you know, it would feed my ego and, you know, whatever, whatever that is, you know, how you know, that feeling. But um, then he was telling me that the more important things is stats, you know, you need to score goals being a attacking player and you need to have assists and assists are just as important as goals. And he would tell me that. So um, I instantly kind of, you know, became a pass first kind of guy. Even now I, I feel like I'm in some situations where people think I should shoot and I'm always looking to pass, you know, I'm something I'm still learning to grow through, but that's now just kind of in my character. I, I still think that I, I could have more assists even this year. Um, 
but like I said, my role has changed a little bit. I'm playing on a little bit, obviously, wider position where I'm coming inside almost like that second forward, but getting into positions where I can score goals, uh, where, like I said, in college, it was a little bit different. So I think that that's why you're kind of seeing the the skew in the numbers. But um, yeah. Yeah, and just for your own thing uh, as a pro, I mean, anytime you pass a guy the ball, like uh, that's a good way to get uh, to get. I don't know what you want to call him. I would say a guy buying you a beer, but it's a good way to uh, endear yourself to your teammates when yeah. when you're looking for them. You know, there's guys that uh, I see some of these forwards in these leagues, not just MLS, but uh, you know, the guy gets it on the wing, he goes in, he puts it in the top shelf, and they're still mad that he didn't cross the ball. So. Um, any, you know, guys want to play with guys that are looking to get assists. That's for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think that that's a, uh, a really important quality, obviously, you know, it's, it's giving the best, the, the, the ball to the guy who has the best chance of scoring. That's how I yeah. always look at it. Yeah. You know? So, well, before we leave, uh, college, I just want to say, I, you know, you talk about you, you were professional, you know, I think you kind of developed a, a gym routine there and, and, uh, you avoided the nightlife. I only have to ask just because one of my best friends, from, I'm from Tampa, by the way. I'm from Tampa, Florida. And uh, my one of my best friends went to Wisconsin, and he made me go up there one spring break for the Mifflin block party. Yeah. And I, and I, I have to ask, I know you didn't party. You might even have been too young at that age. But uh, did you go to Mifflin block party, or, or did you avoid it altogether? No, I had definitely experienced it in my first, first two years. Like I said, my first two years, I was – I was definitely, I, I was working hard and training on the pitch always. That's just my competitive nature. I always wanted to win. I was always training, you know, whatever. But I was also enjoying my college experience, you know, as I, as I had learned to do. And I experienced Mifflin Black Party. And, you know, those things are, they were fun at the time, obviously, you know. But ultimately, towards the end, I realized that, you know, they were just distractions for me. But, oh, yeah. You know, but it, yeah, they were great, man. I'm sure if you went, you could, you could test them into that. It, it's a lot of, oh, fun, yeah. a lot of people. Well, I came from Miami and everybody was making fun of me because they were all in shorts and t-shirts and I was in long johns the entire week. Uh, uh-huh. They just, they, it was so cold, man. And, and I still, I still don't do well in cold weather, but all yeah. right, let's, let's go past that. So you have a great senior year. You, you lead the country in, a, uh, you know, you lead the college game and in, in assists and uh, talk to me about, you know, getting drafted and going to Orlando? Yeah, I think that um, the draft process was obviously super stressful and crazy and just the sense that I had no idea where I was going to end up. Um, But obviously having been selected by Orlando, I don't think there was a better fit for me just uh, from the get-go. I've really embraced my role here and enjoyed it because we have such good fans, you know, such a beautiful stadium. I think that the club has a good idea and a good direction of where we're going. And it's also allowed me to grow as a player, right? I got some really important, valuable game experience my first two years. And um, it's obviously paid me well uh, going into this season as well. I think that all of it uh, kind of counts and, and has, has accumulated and, and compounded up until to this point. But um, yeah, getting drafted by Orlando was awesome. I was excited to come down here and and live in the palm trees where I had always associated palm trees with vacation. When I was little, I would come here and, you know, you'd see those and you'd be like, dang, this place is so nice. The weather's awesome. Coming from Wisconsin and Chicago, you're in the freezing cold year round, pretty much. Maybe you get two months where you're blessed with some sun, but um, no, yeah, Orlando was, we were, me and my uh, now fiance, we're really excited to be moving down here. Until the, until the humidity hits you. 
Yes, the heat is something I've never experienced in my life. So I'm, I still haven't really adapted to that. I, I don't know what to tell people when they say, oh, yeah, you'll get used to it. It's a training advantage. I don't I disagree. I think it's hard. I think it's harder. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely is, uh, especially central Florida, man. It's, uh, you know, if you're on the coast, you get a breeze. And this in the central part, it's just mosquitoes and humidity. So, yeah. uh, you know, and, and talk to me a little bit about Jason Christ, um, you know, and and getting there and. Uh, you know, we, we had a tough first year, but but talk to me about, uh, you know, just your initial reactions to either him or someone else that really helped you uh, when you got to Orlando. Yeah, I think that um, Jason was obviously awesome. I only I unfortunately only had him for like nine or 10 games before he got sacked. Um, but I think that I did learn a lot from him and he obviously brought me to a club where um, I was able to to get, like I mentioned earlier, some valuable playing time. And uh, I was working with a really good group of guys, too. I think that the the veterans had really taken me under their wing really well. Uh, I was really excited to work with guys like Dom and, and guys like Sasha, who had led the league in assists the year prior. And I was coming from college having led the le- that league in assists. And I was just super excited to pick this guy's brain and to 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 be able to play with guys like Dom and and see how he was training and see how he was scoring goals and training was awesome. Um, I was also super excited to play with Jonathan Spector, having been a Chicago boy uh, playing for the Sockers, uh, obviously had a, a pretty illustrious career. Same with Will Johnson and some of these guys. So um, I, I just came in with that that sort of mentality where I was just trying to be open, trying to learn from everybody and just, uh, you know, take what I could and and try and become better every day. Okay, and then for uh, for those that aren't uh, watching this, that are listening, I've got my uh, a DC United jersey. Your first game was uh, against DC United, is that right? Yeah, yeah, and you're, I think you're the first guy I've interviewed that I didn't play in the league with. So uh, uh, I've, liter- I've literally never stepped on you or kicked you or uh, <laughs> done anything bad. So I feel like there's no bad blood. So I'm able to uh, to talk about things like that. But um, you did you did bring up the uh, the coaching change. Um, you know, talk to me a little bit about what it's like. I mean, you're, you're so young when, when this happens, right? You're nine, 10 games in, this is, this is your new normal, I guess. But, um, you know, talk to me a little bit about getting a coaching change in the middle of the year. Yeah. I think that you're just like forced to adapt, you know, initially I had, uh, I had, I had been a little bit worried because Jason was the guy who brought me in and obviously he liked me and he was giving me a lot of chances to play. Um, and with that change, I thought that, you know, things might change or, you know, we'll see what, what it brings. What does the new identity we're going to have? How are we going to play? Who's going to play? You know, you start thinking all these questions in your head. And ultimately, I was just driving myself crazy. But some of the veterans were able to talk to me and obviously uh, bring me up to, to reality and, and help me through that transition. Because I do think it's hard for a young player when something like that happens. There's a lot of question marks up in the air. And uh, I think that ultimately it was a really good uh, growing experience. Okay. And, um, you know, I don't want to get too much into, into James. Uh, I do want to talk about Oscar. Um, you know, I've been a big fan of his, you know, I, I go way back with him. Um, you know, talk to me about, obviously you have, you have some rough, rough years there, um, you know, getting, getting acclimated to the league in terms of the results. But I think you as a player have always improved year over year and you're gaining more confidence as we see, you know, in this current, uh, this current season. But talk to me a little bit about uh, what Oscar's brought to this group that, um, you know, I know there's a lot of transition players as well, but 
something is different. You know, it's something that he's done has also, you know, gotten the most out of you guys in, in order to achieve the things you all have achieved this year. Yeah, I think, I mean, first of all, I really, really enjoy working with Oscar. I haven't had a relationship with a coach uh, and the pros like I have had with, with Oscar and how he really, how I've seen him manage players has been different. I haven't had any experience uh, like I have had working under him. And I think that for me, the biggest difference was I'm learning so much about how to really play the game of football. And um, we have a system and we have a way of playing. And he's taught me ways to, you know, see the spaces, understand the spaces, where to make these decisions. And, you know, just little things that, that I had never been exposed to and never, and never learned in my career. So, um, and having someone who ultimately is able to give you confidence to go out there and to be yourself and to, to, to tell you that, you know, he believes in you. And those things are invaluable as a player. When you have the, the manager who backs you, you go out you go out there and you you'll kill and die for your, for your manager and for, for your teammates. And I think that that camaraderie, that culture, that system, and when you add it all together, just the team aspect from even not even only from Oscar, but the assistant coaches and and Josema and the fitness coach and Fabian, these guys are ingrained. They're engulfed in this process of just, you know, of winning of, of, of football. They live this, they breathe this, they go in and they watch film. Like, I can, I can mostly relate with them. You know, it's crazy. And it's been such a a great experience for me. I think having, having been able to learn from them and be able to work with them, it's been, it's been incredible. And obviously you can see that with everybody. It's not only me. He's not only bringing out the best in me, but he's bringing out the best in all the players on the roster who, you know, Daryl steps in and he's having an unbelievable breakout season. And who would have thought a kid from college, you know, the guys who are transitioning to the league, Ruan's having an outstanding season. You know, Antonio Carlos coming in from from Brazil. The, these guys are all, you know, it, it's just the whole group is just blending in such a good way that obviously you have to tip your hat to the top because it's the leader who 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 runs things and gets guys on the same page. So that I think that overall, when you look at our season as a whole, I think that that just kind of points to the kind of manager Oscar is. Yeah, no, I, I, I tell you, you can see something different. Um, you know, I've got, this uh, this Atlanta jersey back when uh, back when they were good, um, you know, and, and there's this big rivalry there. And for the longest time, there was a there was a bit of a you know a joke. Oh, it's not even a real rivalry. And now it's kind of swung full circle. And I think it has a lot to do with just belief, right? And Oscar kind of uh, you know the, there were a lot of ties and there were some some bad results for Orlando, but now it's kind of swung full you know full tilt. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with belief. But talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, do you consider it a rivalry? Uh, I, I hope you do. Um, but, yeah. you know, you, you've got Miami now. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, I, I would always mark my calendar for an Orlando-Atlanta game. Yeah, I think that uh, for me personally, I have a a different little heat against Atlanta just because obviously we've been rivals with them and, uh, coming into the league, I've tried to like live and die and bleed for bleed purple for this club, you know, and knowing that we hadn't been able to beat them. And, uh, you know, since I had been in the league, I don't think they had ever beaten Atlanta until this year. It was something that always just rubbed me the wrong way. It got under my skin because I felt like they didn't, you know, have respect for us. And it goes deeper than just the game of football. And, you know, their fans disrespected our fans. And, you know, it goes back and forth. Obviously, these people off off the pitch are always, always having something to say about the game. And, uh, which I think is great. I think it fuels the rivalry. I think that it's good for both clubs, but it also uh, was hard when you haven't had 
you know, anything good turn your way in those games. So to get a couple of those big rivalry wins, um, the one in Mercedes-Benz Arena this year um, at home, uh, we should have beat them and we unfortunately gave up a last minute goal. But um, just the way that we're playing them and now you can kind of feel the belief in the group has kind of changed over. But I definitely think that the rivalry is, is running deep between the two clubs, even having not had that much history. You know, I think the history is ultimately what and, and time is what feeds big rivalries. When you look at the big clubs in Europe, um, you know, all the teams that have those true rivalries that run deep through the fans um, for long periods of time. I think that uh, just in more time that will continue to grow. But yeah, no, I, I like to give uh, Atlanta people a hard time. They let me go and now they're, they're, they're suffering the curse. So I, yeah. I have a history of every, every team I've ever left, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they suffer a curse. I mean, Atlanta did win the MLS cup, but we're not going to, we're not going to say that I cursed them. I, they, the curse took a little longer than usual. Yeah, after yeah. I had to sink in. But uh, let's talk a little bit about, I mean, I'm sure you probably have answered this question from your, I caught the generic soccer fans, right? And they're, um, they're, they're always like, Oh, who, who's on your team? And, and we've got Nani. Um, you, you two seem to have kind of a, a bond on the field. He, he, uh, for as competitive as I think you are, he might be more competitive uh, in terms of, you know, the guy wears his heart on his sleeve. Uh, you both look like you've never missed a day in the gym. Um, you know, what, what's y'all's relationship like on and off the field? I think it's great. I think that um, obviously having someone like him in the locker room with his vast, like, experience just around the world, having won all the biggest competitions, played in the biggest stages, uh, you know, he he's an outstanding player. And I think that um, – when, when I knew that we were signing him, I, I was so excited because um, I'm someone who loves to learn and loves to learn from the best of the best. And he's right up there with them. You know, he's his experience and where he's been in the game of football and what he's given to the game of football is unmatched uh, for anyone I've ever played with or shared a locker room with. So um, certainly he's come in and I think that he's been a really good mentor for me and given me some really good tips. Obviously, we play the same position, so I'm learning things day by day with him. You know, you see how he, he takes care of his football. He, he lives and breathes the game. He goes home. He's doing things for his for his craft and, and trying to just continue to be the best version of himself, which I really appreciate and I really respect as a leader. So um, in that sense, you know, it's, he, he's come here and he's gave 110% of his effort. I think sometimes you see big stars come here and, you know, kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit. But he's definitely one who's put his foot to the floor and, and put the pedal to the metal. He really wants to win and, um, when you have someone like that in the locker room who's been where he's been but also wants to continue to prove and win more, you're going to go out there and, and and die for each other. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. You you kind of hinted at, uh, you know, you, you always want to keep learning. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Be the Best and, uh, and, and your book club. I, I don't think uh, for those that don't know about it, why don't you, you know, give me your elevator pitch on, on what it is. The book club or BTV? Both. I want to do. I want to do BTB, and then I want to do uh, talk a little bit about the book club. Okay. Well, BTB was something that uh, me and one of my now groomsmen uh, from my upcoming wedding came up with when we were at school and college. Uh, he's like in coding and a music producer, and just someone in brand and content, and uh, just a really good guy who I ended up meeting. Who we were sitting on his couch one day, and we came up with that idea of BTB because. I would always come in and we would talk about football and we would just have these long ambitious conversations uh, in his apartment 
And we ended up creating that B2B kind of just as the lifestyles we were living every day, trying to be the best, trying to be the best version of ourselves and striving to maximize our potential every single day. And um, that kind of just encompasses what I brought into the league and into my craft and now uh, into the book club where, like I also mentioned earlier, books have just given me a different perspective on life. I can't, I can't even measure up the value that I've gotten from the books that I've had and from, from just what I've learned and how I now see life and how I now see my, my career and, and my work ethic and everything has, has come, I think, of accumulation of just reading and constantly wanting to learn, constantly wanting to be the best. So I created this book club to use my platform in sort of a unique way where, um, you know, I was thinking of ways in, a, in my first couple of years of how could you use your platform? People, you know, you have this, this special, you know, stance in society of being a professional athlete and people listen and, and want to know what you have to say. So I figured, you know, not even something that I have to say, but let me just pass along this information that I've picked up over the years that I have felt has really given me a lot of value in my life. And not only helped me in football, but just helped me live a happier life, helped me live in more joy and enjoy every single day because they're all blessings, right? So um, I just wanted to find a way and use my platform to, to give back to the people who wanted to hear and, and, and learn more and continue to be the best versions of themselves. And that's ultimately what BTB has become. Uh, through the book club, we just dissect books. Uh, every week we have people who, um, you know, give their analyzations and comments on the blog. And it's great, honestly. I found it very, very fun, very helpful. And, and ultimately, it, it gives me that sense of contribution where I feel like I'm giving back and I'm, and I'm serving people. And I always said that if I could just help one person, you know, have a better day by sending out a tweet, be positive today, like, you know, be grateful, count your blessings, then I, I, my job is done. You know, I, if I'm just helping one person, that's good enough for me. You know, let's just, let's just, use this time that I'm here to, to help and to, to give back what I know. And do you feel like you're, you know, I know that uh, it's, I think it's been pretty well received by the fans and, you know, even people that are maybe not even fans of Orlando, people like to read. And, and I think everybody, you know, you get on, you get on Twitter, you get on Instagram. There's always people that are they're always like, Oh, someone give me a good book. And you look and there'll be like 2000 comments, uh, you know, where everyone's, everyone always wants to, recommend something or a book that changed their life um how how have your teammates uh, handled this do they give you a hard time about it uh in terms of being a being a bookworm or, or are they actually reading some of these books you recommend as well no yeah a lot of them i haven't actually got a hard time for by anybody i think ultimately i think people kind of i don't want to say respect it but respect it you know yeah. like yeah yeah um but uh, yeah, I have good conversations with some of the other guys in the locker room who like to read and like to, you know, be on that constant, you know, path of improvement and, and want to learn. And, and, you know, I'm all about these personal growth books. I don't really read a lot of fiction. No, nothing against anybody who le reads fiction for leisure. I think that that's great. I think it's a great way to use your time. But for me, I'm just constantly trying to find ways to, to be better, you know, and having those conversations and, and I, and, I think I've also inspired some guys in, my, in the locker room to start reading, you know, who maybe have not read before. And um, obviously, as I continue to grow in my career and and uh, on the field, I think that 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 influence will just continue to grow as well. And, and I, uh, I signed up for the book club. Tell people how they can uh, how they can join your, your book club and get updates. Uh, I read the 
I think the uh, the obstacle is the way was when I joined was the book and I read it in like two days. It was uh, it was pretty good. So hey, that's good. It was funny because the uh, the obstacle is the way was uh, a book that actually uh, one of my former teammates in college. Yeah, I read. I read it. it. I mean, yeah, it's I read going. About it. Yeah, yeah. But it's been awesome. You know, you're creating that community of like minded individuals where you know maybe my time got a little bit busy with games Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, and I'm trying to focus on the season. Maybe you don't have too much time for this. Then all of a sudden you've built this platform. You can hand it off to somebody else who maybe has a little bit more time and bam, you're continuing to, to provide people with this, this information, but um, no, people can join through the link in my social media bios. It's always there. Or you can join by going to be the best dash btb.com. And then you brought up social media. Tell us what, what, what's your favorite platform. I'm going to assume uh, uh, a pretty young guy like yourself is Instagram, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put anything, uh, out there what, what do you what do you like to use the most i would say i use instagram and twitter the same um i'm also uh, you know i see it for the the value and the business aspect that it provides but i also see the destruction that it can cause in the sense of just taking you out of the moment out of the present and comparison and you know there's a lot of negatives that i think they come along with social media but i try and balance it with obviously the uh the benefits that I see from, from having social media in 2020. Yeah. Well, I, I think you're a very positive guy and you're well-spoken and it, it's, it's hard to, uh, I always say poke holes, you know, and a guy that wants to improve himself, a guy that shows up to work and, um, you know, that produces, you produce results, but, um, I got this shirt behind me here. I want to talk a little bit about the national team. Um, I think, you know, me personally, uh, my belief is because of, the, the pandemic and also your role in the playoffs. Uh, I thought you should have been called into this, this young group that that's been playing games recently. Um, there's a lot of talk uh, that, that you and, and your young uh, goal scoring phenom teammate um, is going to be, uh, I, I want to call him bright, but I, it's Daryl, right? Yeah. His brother. See, I played against his brother. Um, so I get, uh, I get, I get names confused. We've been hitting the head so many times. Uh, but I thought, you know, there's a lot of talk that you two guys are going to be uh, or at least should be in the, in the mix. Um, you know, obviously that's got to be a goal of yours. And, and how do you feel about where you're progressing? And do you think that's that's uh, obviously playoffs are, are most important, but um, that's that's the next progression in your game? I mean, yeah, I think that obviously any kid who plays, you know, love uh, football at this level aspires to play for their country. I think that that's the greatest honor that you can have. Uh, as a footballer, it's something that I've never done in my career, not even in the youth levels. I've never played for the U.S. or gotten called into any camps. So it's definitely been something on my list. Uh, I can't lie about that. But I've also let go of it and let go of that 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 portion of trying to control that part of my process. I believe that it will come when I'm ready, uh, when I continue to grow and continue to show that, I, that I'm ready to play at that level. I don't think it's something that they should just be handing around to to, to anybody. You know, it's a, it's a high honor. There's only 11 people who are going to play out of – 350 million who, who walk around it, the United States of America. So uh, I look at it as in a very high regard, but I'm also kind of just letting it happen when it does and, and trying to focus, like I said, on my, on my process of trying to get better every day of trying to be better in the next training and in the next game. Cause ultimately I know that in football, that's all that really matters. So um, I believe it will come just uh, in due time when, whenever the, the universe feels that I'm ready for it. Yeah, I think it. I think it should be uh, here pretty soon. So um, I'd love to see what you know what you could do out there with with some of those guys. And um, honestly, the the guys 
that I saw in the last couple games, you know, how young and, and talented they are. And then, you know, some of the younger guys in the league, uh, yourself included, I'm pretty excited, you know, as a fan, uh, you know, when you play, you're always judging yourself against guys and saying, I could, you know, I could bring a different element than that guy. And, um, you know, now that I'm step, step back, I'm just excited for, for guys like yourself, one, to get the opportunity and, and two, I, I think that you bring a, you bring something that no one else does. And, and, you know, the question will be, you know, does Greg or whoever is the coach, you know, do they see uh, what you can do as a, as a need and, and can you fill that hole? So, um, you know, I, I think, I think obviously the focus is, uh, is what's at hand in terms of the playoffs, but I wouldn't be surprised uh, to have your name lobbed in, in the, the next round of guys that, that get called in. So good, good luck with that. And, um, Last thing I want to talk about, and I'll, I'll let you go, is, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of known around, uh, I, I say, the casual fans that watch, you know, all-star games and they check in for the primetime games, uh, the skills challenge where, where you guys, uh, you know, you and your teammates played against some, some guys from Europe and you hit a, uh, I'm going to call it an overhead kick because I know you're proper, you call it football, I call it soccer. But you had a great kick, and you you won some money uh, to build a field there in Orlando. Um, you seem like a charitable guy. I know you had an indestructible ball initiative. Uh, it's kind of hard right now with the pandemic. But w- what are you trying to work on, or uh, what do you have going on off the field that that kind of helps uh, helps the community? Well, definitely, I think that uh, the book club was the first not necessarily charitable, but something that kept me busy off the field that I felt like could help people, especially during the quarantine was when I kicked it off and helping people stay inside and and do things that are continuing to help them improve um, themselves. But I do have something special coming, hopefully that I can get done. It's on my goal list for the end of 2020 to get it out and to get it, uh, to get it ready. I don't want to disclose what it exactly is, but I do want people to know that there is something uh, really special that I've been working really hard on on bringing it to everybody. So. All right. Well, uh, we'll, and we'll, we'll know that on your social channels. Yes, you will. All right. Well, I, I like that. <laughs> I like that. You got You, you kind of give them a teaser, right? So <laughs> yeah, you, could be, yeah. you could be a writer. You could be a writer. You don't, you know, you lead people on and say, all right, I got to come back for more. <laughs> all right. Well, well, Hey, listen, uh, I, I'm uh, congrats on, on making the playoffs. Congrats on the great season you've had thus far. Um, you know, I, I wish you luck going forward and uh, really just appreciate you spending some time today. I, I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of fans out there that, you know, they're they're real supportive of the younger guys and, and you're one of the best ones in the league. So uh, I appreciate the time you've given to us and, and good luck. Uh, good luck in your future endeavors. No, thanks a lot for having me. And I enjoyed it and I appreciate uh, your support and the words. It, it means a lot. So thank you. All right, everybody. That's Chris Mueller. You can check him out on all his social channels. You can catch him in the playoffs for Orlando City, their first time making it. And uh, don't be shocked if they make a run at this thing. Thank you for listening to Play by Players. Visit playbyplayerspod.com for more episodes or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a production of the MLSPA. Learn more at MLSplayers.org.